Ah. Hello, everybody listening to the replay, which uh, I'm uh, excited to talk to you all as well. Kick it off with storytelling. Storytelling. So I was on a plane flying from New Orleans, where my wife and I spent a couple of days, back to Atlanta. And it was kind of peaceful. I'm doing a little bit of reading on the flight, finishing up this book on storytelling that I read. And I was convinced, like, this is just another thing. Like, we talk about stories all the time. Storytelling. Tell more stories. Do stories in your marketing. Stories. Stories. Blah, blah, blah. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos. Read a lot of books. Didn't get that much value out of them. I think it's valuable. I think it's important. Kind of, but I didn't really know how to use this. Anyways, I actually ended up doing what this guy, Matthew Dix, suggests to do, an exercise, which I'll share for you in just a moment, but it was hard. And I somehow managed to keep doing it over the past couple of weeks. Yesterday, I was putting together my new grill. I bought a new grown-up grill, first one I've ever owned. Out in my driveway, I'm sweating. I'm just pouring sweat. It's super hot. It's really frustrating. It's in like a million pieces. And I'm looking at this thing thinking about my father. Like this is, I've turned in my dad now. Like I'm sweating outside, putting together a grill, listening to classic rock, which I never listen to classic rock. Why am I listening to classic rock? That's what my dad listens to. And I'm also cursing just because that's apparently what I do when I'm alone by myself, trying to put something together. It's not working. I'm like just cursing up a storm, really. No reason. And I just, I chuckled to myself. I'm just like my father. I'm turning into my father, like it or not. And so I sent him a little message telling him about the grill. And we had this little bonding moment. And none of that little moment would have happened if I had not read that storytelling book. It wouldn't have happened at all. Okay. In scene. That was me telling a story. I just did that off the top of my head. I didn't write this down beforehand. But that little story right there is true, by the way. I'm going to share a few things I've learned from this book, and it has yielded so much more interesting things than just learning how to tell a story, which apparently, I don't know if that was any good or not, by the way, but more than that, it's actually made me have these little moments like I had yesterday with my dad, which is, in retrospect, something I never would have thought about three weeks ago, but yesterday, it was actually something a little special to me, and I wrote something down so I could remember it. Just this like little bonding moment, cursing over putting together grills with my dad. Never would have happened if I hadn't read the story. So with that said, <laughs> I will not tell another story off the top of my head and instead go to my usual um, form and function of bullet points. So I have six or seven bullet points. The, the top things that I learned from this book, what I actually think will be really helpful for all of us, not only from a, you know, creating more special moments with our parents in our life, but also creating content on the internet and selling things. Bullet point number one, homework for life. That's what this call, this guy Matt calls it in the book. And basically homework for life is opening up a spreadsheet today with two columns. One is the date and the other one just says five second moment or a story or something that happened. The point is to ev- go through this document every single night before you go to bed, or in my case, when I forget about that the next day, it's okay. And write down one little story worthy moment. Doesn't have to be anything super special, like taking a trip, 
or something exciting or surprising or a special moment with another human being or anything. It could be anything, the smallest of moments, and that's okay. But just put it down. And then tomorrow, do the same thing again, the same thing again. And this is the part I'm super skeptical about, but I've done this every day for three weeks now. The first week sucked and it was super hard. And I was like, wow, literally nothing happened yesterday. It was the most boring day ever. But I forced myself to come up with something. And then the second week, it was way easier. Like things just came because I was actually paying attention throughout my day now. Just a little bit. I was like, oh, you know what? This might be the thing that I put down in my homework for life. And then this week, this is week three, I'm finding it even easier and even more interesting. I am starting to think now, like right when something happens, the smallest thing, me cursing over a grill, this is actually a story that I could tell in the future. And over time, the idea is to have this document build up to a full list of examples, personal anecdotes, stories, anything that you can use and blog posts and emails and talking to your friends, even just life stuff, right? Not even for our businesses, but just life stuff. So I found that really useful. Again, spreadsheet, just one column has a date and the other column to something that happened during the day. The most story worthy little thing, even if it seemingly meaningless now, it might not be in the future. I found that really helpful, really have. And again, it's also prompted me to be more, it's kind of like meditation. It it prompts you to be a little bit more uh, objective and present in some ways. And for me, I'm now thinking of things with this lens. I'm now viewing the world differently. And that's actually helped me to have some moments with my dad, uh, with my children, and my business as well. So that's really interesting. And you get a lot of good stories. All right. Bullet point number two. This is going a little long. I'm not even close to being done. Well, three of these are related. So I'll just sum it up into one. The order of coming up with a story. It starts with the five-second moment. No story, like Jurassic Park is not about dinosaurs. Jurassic Park is about this five-second moment with Alan Grant sitting in a tree who's like snuggling these kids that he doesn't even know that well, but he has to protect now. He's gone from being this other Alan Grant in the beginning of the movie who hates kids, doesn't want to have kids, and that's affecting his love interest with Dr. Ellie Sadler, the botanist in Jurassic Park, up to this moment where he is now thinking about kids in a different way. He even takes out his old raptor claw and he throws it away. That's the five-second moment of Jurassic Park. The dinosaurs just help him get to that moment. So that the five-second moment is the, the focal point of our story. And it's the moment when you change. When something happens to Bree or Melody or Tiffany or Allison, and it changes you in some small way. It doesn't have to be big, although it could be. That is the focal point of the story. And everything else, the dinosaurs the big elephant in the room, what we think the story is about is actually just getting us to that five-second moment. It's all context that helps bring that five-second moment into the most clarity. I'm going to say that one more time because I actually thought that was really important. The five-second moment is the focal point of the story. And it's a moment when something changes for you, when you change in some way. And everything else in the story, the intro to the story, the big elephant in the room, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, like the, the what the story is about only serves to make that five-second moment more clear. So five-second moment. That's how we, that's the focal point of our story. Once you have that, 
the intro to any story is really easy. And it's called, what's the opposite of that? As in my five second moment that I, the story I told a couple of minutes ago was me realizing that I am becoming more like my father every day. And that's okay. That's my five second moment that happened literally yesterday. I realized that I was like, I smiled. I'm becoming more like my father and I'm okay with that. That was my five second moment. The story I told you about the airplane ride and reading this book on storytelling and the homework for life that Matthew Dix tells us to do as creators and all this stuff was only getting getting you to that point in the story where I'm more like my dad, yada, yada. What is the opposite of that? I didn't actually start with that. I failed. I left that part out of the story. I should have. The opposite of that would be viewing my dad and thinking, I don't want to become my father. So I probably should have, that should have been the beginning of my story. I didn't have to say it like that, but I could, I should have hinted at this change, right? The change that happened within me. I should have started the story with something that happened six months ago. And I was super mad at my dad and never want to be like this person and yada, yada. And then worked my way up to the five second moment. Okay. Only two more things. Um, the next one, this is a really practical tip. This is super practical. You could use this today. Um, something really powerful, storytelling, giving examples, anything, is to use, always say and use the physical location for whatever scene. Every part of a story needs to have like a scene. And unless people are actually watching a movie, they, they don't know where you are, what it feels like. Is it hot? Is it cold outside? Where are you standing? What city are you in? Are you on a plane? Are you in your room? What color is the door? You don't have to be super descriptive, but every time you change scenes, you need to paint a picture of the physical location. This works like magic. I didn't realize how much this worked like magic, but I've started doing this in the past week or two as I'm thinking about storytelling. This works. Works really well. In fact, when I told the story earlier, I started with where I was at. I was on a plane flying from New Orleans to Atlanta. It was a little bit peaceful. I was getting some reading done. That set the scene. That allowed you, your brain, to conceptualize where I was. It keeps the movie playing in your head. I'll say that again. It keeps the movie playing in your audience's head. Every time you switch scenes, just briefly describe where you're at. And I talked about my grill later in the story. I was outside. It was super hot. I was sweating. I could have said like the grill was in a million pieces all over my front deck. And I'm just standing there in my shorts and t-shirt sweating. That's weird, but it gives you a physical thing and allows you to stay tuned into the story. You go watch good public speakers. Every single, every single one of them does some version of this. When they tell a story, they clue you into their physical environment their physical location, where they were, what it looked like to help their audience members visualize this. All right. Last thing. I know this is super long. Um, I got like three more bullet points, but I'm only going to give you one. Which one's best? Now, here's a really quick tip one. A lot of times, if you recorded a story, you went back and listened to it, you'll find that you use the word and a lot. I was doing this and then this happened and I was doing this and then they blah, blah, blah. And then they blah, blah, blah. It's actually a pretty terrible way to format a story. And Matt in his book recommends, but, but, and therefore that's what he calls it, but, and therefore 
try and speak from a point of using but. Like I was doing this, but blah, 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 blah. Therefore, something happened. You don't even have to say the word therefore. But it's actually really great to use the word but. Wow, that was meta. Um, <laughs> the point is use less ands, A-N-D, and use more buts, B-U-T. And the last point, if you are looking to come up with some stories right now that you could use in the future for any part of your content, a good exercise to go through is first, last, best, worse. First, last, best, worse. So I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. You guys don't have to tell me this. That'd be awkward. But uh, if I were helping you guys generate some stories right now on like a Google Doc, I'm going to throw Allison under the bus. I'll go, Allison, kiss. First, last, best, worst. What was your first kiss? What was your last kiss? What was your best kiss? What was your worst kiss? Or barbecue experience. What was your first barbecue experience? What was your last barbecue experience? What was your best barbecue experience? What was your worst? Or if I mentioned McDonald's. First, last, best, worst. Or, uh, I don't know, creating a website. What's the first experience you had? What's the last experience you had creating a website? I'm just making stuff up now, but budgeting. They'll say you're in personal finance. Budgeting, dollar bills, coins, checking your bank account. When's the first time you did that? When's the last time you did that? What was the best time you ever checked your bank account? What was the worst time you ever checked your bank account? If you just list it off like a bunch of keywords, so to speak, and then did this exercise, uh, well, maybe 50% crap that you'd never use, but the other 50% would be like, oh, that, that could actually be a really good story. Your first car, your last car, your best car, your worst car, your first date, your last date, your best date, your worst date, first, last, best, worst. It's a pretty good, easy exercise to go through. You could spend like 30 minutes doing that and you could have a whole list of interesting stories that you could use for your, for your content. All right. I should have thought about this more and uh, woven this all into a perfectly balanced story. But I didn't. I hope you enjoyed those bullet points. The name of the book is Storyworthy by Matthew Dix. I'll provide a link in Slack uh, in the, the cool tools announcement section. Storyworthy. Just one word, I believe, by Matthew Dix. And it's really good. I've read lots of books on storytelling. I've read probably like four or five. And this is my favorite. Easily my favorite. And he's also just a great storyteller. And he tells a lot of stories throughout the book. It's really good. Highly recommended. Storyworthy by Matthew Dix. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out here on the live call. Those that are here. I hope you all have a lovely summer. Hope to catch up soon. Hit me up in Slack or email if you need anything. And I think that's all I got. All right. Adios.